But now you guys have the guy who wrote the Doonesbury cartoon as your prime minister, right? <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was like, why is everybody talking about Gary Trudeau all this? What's going on? <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 62 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Timitra and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined by Aaron Vay in Whitby, Ontario. Hi there. Nothing about the Blue Jays? Let's go Blue Jays. Okay. I expected more, you know. Well, you know, you just, you know, they may not even be in the playoffs by the time this airs, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also joined by my co-host in Seattle, Washington, Jaime Lopez. How's it going? And we also have Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hey, everybody. I think you're in San Jose. I am in San Jose. Well, there you go. Start talking for a few seconds. Oh, you want us to talk? Okay. Yeah, say something, Aaron. Well, I'll talk about how awful these Apple Watch commercials are. Oh, Don't don't you just hate them? Don't you hate them? Can you give me an example of one? Well, they just, some new ones just got announced tonight. Here, let me uh, Skype this. I'll, uh put this here mm, but the, this style of ad like this is the second set of four that they put out and they're yeah. all the same like they just got people on these like n- sort of neon horizoned background yeah. soundstage yeah. things yeah they are just the style of them really makes my teeth ache i don't know <laughs> i don't know how else to explain it and they're only like 15 seconds long they're really really sh- super short oh they're like gap commercials yeah i guess uh, well, oh, like the, the gap, the the chain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're groovy. Kind of like that. I I just don't and, like them at all. I don't know if you could hear the groovy music there that was playing, but yeah, yeah I've not one. seen this new batch yet. I've seen the first batch, which is uneven at best. I think the one that's probably the best one of the first batch was the girl on the Vespa, where she mm-hmm. drives up. Needs direction somewhere. Okay, that that seemed reasonable. It kind of showed mm-hmm. what it could do. Yeah, right. yeah, I think probably yeah. the the cheesiest one I saw was the um, was it like parents? I guess and her out yeah. like date night. Like date night. Yeah, yeah. That's that's terrible. Or they're like, I don't even remember. They they get some sort of status about their kid. And Baby's asleep. Continue. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. Now and, we can have fun. And the 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 concept. Con- I'm sure it played better in the storyboards. But then you see them sort of dancing like Elaine Bennis from uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I was like, oh, yeah, the, the casting wasn't so good. Uh-huh. The uh, the visual design, I, I, I think what they were trying to go for was the old iconic iPod view, right? It's got that same mm, vibrant yeah, colors yeah, and, and, yeah. and limited background, but... No, these aren't working yeah, the, at the, all. Like the two-color ones with the, with the black and white sort of... Yeah, the black silhouettes, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. On the, like, the bright monochrome backgrounds this mm-hmm. this is not like that at all um and it just it to me it just falls so flat i don't like them at all i don't like them apple tv is interesting yeah that's... and i can talk about that because i've been doing some atv development oh cool yeah and i think i think that it went gold master today yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay okay along with xcode 7.1 which i cannot get because my app store app continues to fail Mm. Drive me insane. Yeah, somebody else was mentioning that something similar to that. I was tweeting about it today. Oh, were you? Okay. Oh, there's a yeah, seven one out today. I don't see that yet. Yeah, seven oh, one came out today. Oh, bizarre! I was just as we were talking about that, I was looking at the App Store and it just appeared. Ah, amazing. Yeah. Well, it's great. It's a great release because it's the 
you know, finally everything that Apple's done is back together under one roof at last, you know? Um, because... Um, you mean one shipping version? One shipping version of Xcode now does yeah. Mac, iOS, Watch 2, and Apple TV. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's... We, we've been having to use different versions of Xcode to develop all that. Yeah, I have four on my dock right now. Four Xcodes? Yeah, I have... Yeah, <laughs> I have yeah, 6.4701, the beta, which I guess is 7.1. And, you don't have to and, use 6.4 anymore, do you? No, you, you say that. You say I, that. Well, I asked it, actually, to be accurate. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, do, I do have to keep a copy of it around. I have a few, uh, few client apps that are still back there. All right. In that other language that we used to use back in the old days. You know, you can still write Objective-C in Xcode 7.1. Yeah, I know. It's not so much that. It's that there's a whole bunch of deprecated methods that I have to go through and clean up, and it's it's a it's a budget issue. So, all right, well, you and go, I girl. Think you can do builds against the iOS eight SDK in, in seven point one. Can you? Uh, I, th- yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, think that's. I heard. Can. I think I had heard that as well. Yeah. I think I'm still building towards eight point four or something to that effect. Right. Yep. So, yep. yeah, you can't so. build an app. To support iOS eight in can, Xcode seven anymore? Well, you can use uh, you can set a deployment target to X- yeah. Xcode, uh, to iOS seven, <clears throat> but you can't build against the old SDK. Yeah. Oh, I see. You mean you, oh yeah, right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah, and that will certainly cause problems for you, like the uh, the ATS stuff for That's sure, exactly. and a couple other <laughs> rules that come into play. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ATS mm-hmm. is a is a major. Uh, uh, once you're once you're past it, you can never go back. Kind of uh, area. Well, yeah. you know, you add a couple of lines here in dot info plist, right? Well, yeah. I actually did put the uh, the AT Apple Transport Security is what we're talking about. I did actually put the AT, Apple Transport Security stuff into one of my builds to test it against iOS nine uh, to make sure my server connectivity worked. And I found a whole bunch of issues. I had to go actually go back. And, you know, our, our server guy had and I had to go through and, and t- you know, update the server and test it and figure out what TLS we were using, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and But I left it in the code and then went back and the, the shipping version we have now actually has the comments in the info P list, even though it's still targeting uh, eight point something or other. Right. So. Yeah. So we, we did test that stuff. And, and I think Mark and I were talking about that after the show a couple of weeks ago. So it's a challenge. So you've got to be able to knock out at least one version of Xcode in your dock right now with 7.1 out now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, I think the beta one can the, go yeah, away. Yeah, the beta cause, can cause, go away now. Yeah, I mean, there. yeah, as long because I have to be able to write towards, because of my other commitment, I have to write towards WatchKit, and I have to write towards the latest, uh, and tvOS as well. But Yeah, uh, yeah. so now now you can use just the, the mainline App Store yeah. version of Xcode yeah. to do that yeah. stuff. And that, I think, is huge. What's awesome. interesting though, which is interesting though, is I was hanging on to my main Xcode was six point four, and so when I did the Al Capitan update and all that kind of stuff, I, I, I switched over to seven oh one, um, and for, and then somebody told me, oh, you can still download if you go to Apple's uh, development site, you know, the download page, you can actually go back and get the older version six point four, which I did, um, but interestingly enough, I just installed it last night, and and I can't. <laughs> the, the schemes menu is gone now, so. I can't even pick a scheme in, in 6.4. So fortunately, I do have another machine that's not updated. So I can, I, if I have to, I can go back and build over there. So aye, aye, aye. <laughs> I know it's, it's, yeah, it's, well, I mean, it's as bad as you were saying, like it's as having multiple copies of Xcode betas to play against. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny. I had sort of a similar uh, experience, not, not quite the same, but you know, 
obliquely uh, yeah. similar, <laughs> yeah. uh, developing for Apple TV today, or mm-hmm. yesterday, actually. And I was, uh, you know, I got the second wave Apple TV units. Um, yeah. But they didn't come with the proper cable to connect to the Apple TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so apparently the first generation units, can you confirm this, Tim? Uh, yes, I, I you got have a, one, yeah. a USB-A to USB-C cable? Yes, I have it in my hand. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, so nice, because uh, there was no, no such cable in my box. Mm-hmm. So uh, my only option right now, given the lack of such a cable, is I'm taking the power cord from my, origin- from my MacBook. Yeah. Oh, yes, right. Uh, which is a USB-C to USB-C. Uh, and I can only develop for the Apple TV <laughs> on my MacBook. <laughs> so whenever oh, I want to work oh, because, on, yeah. oh, because the power cable is a USB to USB C, like on both no, ends. The, the, on the MacBook, the only port is a USB C port. Yes, of course. Yes. Ditto for the Apple TV. Now, because the Apple t- or the MacBook comes with a USB C cable on both ends, male on, on both, both ends. ends. Yeah. That's oh, right. Okay. Uh, so that's my only option. I, I was, oh. you know, getting all set up to do it from my iMac because my iMac and my Apple TV and my TV are like within a hand stretch of each other. Um, so I was like going to plug this cable in and I thought, okay, well it came with this lightning cable in the box. It must be lightning on the Apple TV side. Nope. So I just had a thought is, <laughs> is there, is there an Apple um, power adapter for your computer? Like, can you buy a spare one? Cause it would come with the cable, wouldn't it? Uh, yes. I, and I did, I have bought one actually, because, um, I it, forgot mine at the cottage once and had, oh, right. Yes. Came on without it. So now I do have two, uh, power adapters for the MacBook, which is handy because I keep one at my desk and then I carry one in my bag, but sure. Yeah. Of uh, course. But that's not the point. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate that I had a MacBook. <laughs> is that the only way currently to get a, a USB C to USB C cable is what I'm saying. Uh, no, you, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, no, no, in the U.S. we have stores you can go to and buy those things. Yeah, okay, yes. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, hang on, guys. Stop for a second. You're not getting it. <laughs> no, yes, no, you what? can buy those cables. Of course you can. But what sure. you cannot buy that I haven't been able to find... Yes, I know where you're going with this. ...is a USB-A to a USB-C cable. Right, right. Apple doesn't sell you one. No. Well, as a matter of fact, Greg and I were just over at Best Buy like an hour ago, and uh, he's got, he's in the same boat as you. He's got the Apple TV second generation developer. Or second wave, want. yeah. He's second the wave. Same thing. Same boat. And, and he can't and, plug the goddamn thing in, can he? No, and he was telling me of a company that does have them, mobile something or other, and or Monoprice, I think it is. Of course. Uh, they have them, and yeah, because we were just at the Best Buy asking the guy, you know, because we had to buy a camera, and asking the guy... Do you have such a thing? And he said uh, he, in fact, had just ordered in two, and they're really scarce, and blah blah blah. So, so even Best yeah. Buy doesn't have them. So I guess the only way to do it, if you're if you're going to do this the Apple way, is that you have to buy like a plain USB cable, mm-hmm. uh, mail on both sides, and the USB C to USB adapter. Right, right. Hmm. And uh, that's uh, that's kind of crazy. So I don't know why Apple did that. But they did it, and uh, sucks to be you. Mm. Okay, so that's that. <laughs> mm. Cable wars. That's Cable how wars. they get you, Aaron. That is how they get you. They suck my, you in. My $1 Apple TV. They make you buy the 5K iMac and the... Yeah, yeah that went fine. But, uh, a yeah, monoprice, yeah, here it is right here. Not a fan. I'll put the link in the show notes for the people who are looking for the monoprice cable. <laughs> I just found it on Google. On the Google, Mr. Google. And it, it kind of makes sense with the conspiracy theory out there 
that says that um, these Apple TVs were actually supposed to be given out at WWDC. Oh, really? Yeah, and it actually makes a ton of sense with like you know as a conspiracy theory when you add all these things together, especially sure. the uh, the cheaping out on the cable in this yeah. last wave. Yeah. So if you remember the WWDC um, teaser or even the the main poster, right? Like they have like a, a poster that signifies the theme for that year. And yes. it was the, the center of everything or center of the universe, mm. whatever it was. Yeah. And yeah. they announced nothing, not a single thing that could possibly make sense with that. Well, the, with that yeah, scene. exactly. Well, there, there was sort of a, uh, now that you mentioned that, there was sort of speculation that it was Apple TV related because it had that sort of shape in the in the design, right? No, well, I mean, it, it certainly was um, Apple TV related. I mean, it's as certain as you can get without having Tim Cook himself actually say, yeah. yes, this was Apple yeah. TV related, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it's still speculation, but it, it makes sense with the design, with the statement, if you're thinking of the, you know, the TV being the center of your living room, which is part of your house and home kit. And mm-hmm. also the fact that, you know, if you say, okay, well, if Apple had to pull Apple TV stuff out for reasons mm-hmm. and later on comes out and say, hey, by the way, here's this program and, oh, look, you don't have to actually pay for these devices. It's like, well, we weren't planning to make money for them anyways. So we're just going to give them out. Mm. Right. You're just going to give one, you know, like Oprah style. It's like you get one and you get one and you get one. <laughs> so do you, do you suppose that there were 5,000 of them in hand sort of thing? Is that the I, idea? I, I would, I would not be surprised if it was close to 5,000. Maybe that's what the first wave was. 5,000 developers got roughly. I mean, we're speculating here, of course. Yeah. But. And then yeah. they, they scrounged up whatever parts they could find. It's like, oh, look, we found one that fell behind the bins. Oh, here he goes. Yeah. This one's going to Aaron and Meg. These ones don't have any cables. Let's send them to Aaron and Greg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. That's exactly what happened, right? Like, they like, oh, these boxes don't have the cables. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, apparently, uh, apparently, uh, um, what's our friend? Uh, Watch Kids Resources. Um, Brian. Brian. Brian Gillum. Brian Gillum posted a link on, I think, on Twitter. He basically made his own cable. By, by soldering bits oh, together. Oh, that's what he was going on about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I get for not paying all attention. Yep, you're right. That's right. He he was he soldered his own cable. Yep. Maker yeah. ma- maker extraordinaire. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's a little over my pay grade. Uh, but super cool. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who haven't figured out what we're talking about, we're talking about my posts originally I put up on the other day that, that uh, somebody had sort of figured out that Tim Cook was going to announce that Apple TV will ship on Monday coming. And um, that was on the Mac Rumors site, and as well, the Xcode went gold master today with with Apple TV OS in it, right? Yeah, the GM of Apple TV OS came yeah. out today, so we were able to install it. The, those are the developer units can yeah. install the GM on that device. Now, qu- question though, do you not have to have the USB cable to install the the update? Because yes, cause of course, when, you need to plug my, it into your Mac. I was talking to Greg about this this afternoon. Was um, when I got my Apple TV, it didn't have an OS. I had to actually plug it in and download the, uh, you know, and do a restore with iTunes to get the OS onto my uh, Apple TV. Interesting. Now, did you got you guys got Apple? You got the OS on your TV when it arrived? Yes. Yeah. So that was the one extra step you didn't have to go through, and that may be why Apple felt they had to give us the cables. Although I would think they would feel they have to give us the cable so that we can actually build fricking apps. That's kind of the point. And yeah. test them out on the fricking device. Uh, that's it's asking an awful lot to not only not include the cable but make no mention of it anywhere literally no mention uh, I, I looked around 
Um, and I could find no documentation. There's nothing Did in, the look in the box. You looked in the box? Of course I looked in the box. And uh, there's nothing in the box that says you should get yourself one of these cables. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hmm. it was just, you know, blind luck that I happened to own a MacBook. So I had a suitable cable. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like Greg, he's he's screwed, right? Like he doesn't have a cable. Well, Greg has... No, he has a... He doesn't have the new error. Hmm. So That's I don't know. Like, I wonder... I'm surprised that we haven't heard more about this. The cable gate? Sure. Call it cable gate. <laughs> Why not? <sighs> okay, so... You know, it's funny. I have to say this. I, I, I didn't realize this at the time because I was too young to realize it. But my sister told me that you we were, were actually in Washington the weekend that Watergate broke. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, I never go. thought... I didn't think that you'd ever been young. <sighs> Sad but true. Sad <laughs> <laughs> but true. Oh... Okay. <laughs> wow. So sorry. Apple TV uh, Apple orders TV. beginning Monday, yeah. right? And then shipping the the following week. That's the plan. Is um, that a prediction, Jaime? No, no. no it's, I'm, it's I'm, I'm reading this article, which I they say that at uh, the Wall Street <laughs> Journal, what digital? I'm not sure what the D is for WSDJ Live. Yeah, I don't know. Wall Street Journal Digital Live. Digital Live. Yeah, there we go. Gotta be. That was actually an announcement for a Tim Cook. He said so. it himself with his own face. About as subtle as it gets, so that's, uh, right. that's cool. Oh, oh he already surprises. announced it. Okay. Yeah, I think it was rumored uh, a day or two prior because they knew that he was coming out on, on the stage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, that's very exciting stuff. Hey, question about um, the developer kit. So I remember, Tim, a few weeks ago you said that the, the first wave one that you got was pretty primitive and basic and clearly not a shipping product. The the actual OS experience itself, yeah, it, yeah. I, I did I didn't quite say that out loud because I don't think I can, um, oh. but I did. I think Aaron's question to me was if I ha- was given the choice compared to what I got, would I buy a a retail version? And my answer was yes. I think I would need to. So what about want, if, what about this next wave? Was that more advanced or? Uh, so Mark, I think it appears that um, the conversation about whether this is suitable um, or is the real thing is hinging on a software only. The hardware yeah. appears to be the shipping hardware. Yeah. And um, I would speculate, I, I updated my Apple TV today, but I actually didn't use it because I had to use my existing Apple TV to watch the Blue Jays kick the mm-hmm. Royals' butts today, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't get a chance to look at it. But we got the GM of the Apple TV OS today. Therefore, I think it will be the same as what anybody would be buying next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you think if we download the GM, we'll get to watch the Blue Jays kick the Royals' butts on Assuming that MLB Thursday? ships their app. Yeah, totally. Oh. But I, I how, suspect so that how the are you, how are you How are you watching it then on your, Apple, your old Apple TV? My oh, old Apple the, TV. Yeah, I've got the MLB app there. Uh, oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. So that, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, basically, the third-party software doesn't seem to be on my Apple TV. No, of course not, because there's kit. no App Store yet. So, you know, the whole no, but thing I mean, has but, to... it, but even the stuff that comes with the current Apple TV, like the YouTube and... That the, doesn't matter anymore. That's, it's a totally different operating system and a totally different platform. And so those apps have to be shipped by those companies. Is, oh, is, is Google even going to ship a YouTube app for the Apple TV? Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I, the only I, reason I, would be I use surprised. my Apple TV is for Netflix, to be honest with you. So, uh, Yeah, well, we, we haven't heard about a Netflix app for the Apple TV. We haven't heard right. about a YouTube app. Mm-hmm. Um, BBC, for example, said, no, we've got no immediate plans to ship an Apple TV app for the really? iPlayer. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and then uh, some some nerds, uh, you know, uh, hacked their API and yeah. created their own 
iPlayer <laughs> app and put it on GitHub. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's glorious. Yeah. Wait, so um, taking a step back, so isn't Netflix one of the earliest ones? I thought they were shown as well the handful of folks who had access to the unified search from the get-go. I, I would think so. I yes, hope so. Yeah, right, I, I don't right. remember yeah, that. Yeah. But... Uh, no, yeah, he's right. At the, at the keynote, okay. he, they were there. Or what do you mean? Netflix and Hulu stand out in my mind. They, and, and MLB, of course. The others, I, I really don't remember who the other major players were. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember that, but um, I will be happy to take your word for it. Um, no, no, no. That was in, in the demo where they okay, sort of good, said, good. Show, me, show me movies with, you know, uh, Michael Fassbinder. Yeah, yeah. Or, you okay. know. Um, the question is, when will they be available? And I think that won't happen until public starts getting these things mm-hmm. right like i don't like there's going to be an app store for the apple tv is is it the ios app store and the apple tv is just another thing that comes along with it like your watch apps do mm-hmm. i'm asking i'm not i don't know <laughs> this is coming from a guy who's actually actively building an apple tv app <laughs> right. so um it is a target in xcode in your in your project but um i don't actually know how um, the mechanism for how it is sold. Mm-hmm. You know, and Apple said at the at the introduction, they said, you know, we're going to encourage you to make your Apple TV apps free. Right. But they didn't say your apps are going to be free. Am I right? The silence from the other guys suggests that nobody knows the answer to this question at this point in time. Yeah, I'm racking yeah, my brain here thinking, like, I don't remember them actually showing what the purchasing mechanism looked like. No, yeah. For, for apps, or even what the, like how you would add new new apps, new channels to the the device. Well, a friend of the show, uh, Mike Berg, We Heart Games, was was speculating. He was asking in a chat about whether you know he just found that his experience working with this TV, this new device was that entering you know your payment information is going to be awfully painful. You know, based on based on the current you know interface, which is this little fancy you know remote. Um, and you know, I'm not, I can't remember if there's no, cause there's the Bluetooth app on the, on the, um, phone that you can use. And, and actually, uh, now that I think about it, I have actually used my existing remote and I think I used my, um, my Bluetooth app on my phone to, to use the keyboard on the, when I was entering information in, cause I, when I first got my Apple TV, I, I was challenged with how to use the remote. So my VCR still flashes 12, by the way, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> I mean, there are uh, a couple of ways that they could have implemented this, and I actually don't remember them actually showing this, but it would be nice if you had a, oh, something requires purchase, great. Well, one of your devices with Touch ID is probably well, nearby, like your iPad or your iPhone. Like, hold the phone. If you had a little prompt there, and like, oh, okay, great, just do that. So I have a, I have a, I have a thought. We One of the parts that didn't make it into our show last week, of course, was Aaron's talk about the new devices and, and i bought since we ha- had the show i bought the uh, magic trackpad 2 but there's now this bluetooth keyboard which is like almost like a zero configuration device like when i got my apple my my trackpad i literally plugged in the uh the um lightning cable and i had no idea about this but it just sort of said okay your trackpad's ready for use i didn't have to do any configuration no bluetooth mumbo jumbo like you have to do with current trackpads right so i'm qu- i'm kind of wondering now if you plug your um, or if you could plug your uh, trackpad into your Apple TV or your your keyboard, let's say, could you not then use the new Bluetooth shiny new Bluetooth keyboard with the Apple TV? No, you have to pair it using the standard Bluetooth process. Um, and recall, but it is possible. 
recall that your Apple TV only has a USB-C port on it. Yeah. So I think no we talked lightning. about that. Yeah. Yeah. No US. No standard USB. Right. But but my point, I guess. But but I guess the point is though they've just come out with this fancy new battery-operated keyboard. Could they not? Well, not that they didn't have one before, but could they? Or did they? No, not rechargeable. Anyway, uh, did they? Is it not possible to configure your devices to work with the Apple TV? Isn't that part of the whole process? The fact that you can have other controllers on it? Yes, it is, but only yeah. via the the generic standard Bluetooth pairing process. Okay, so you still have to true go... for iOS as well. So that that pairing with the cable only works with a Mac. Okay, but okay, the, the zero configuration stuff. But but it is theoretically possible to take the brand new keyboard or any of the wireless keyboards and use it with your your Apple TV. Is that possible? That is today? not only theoretically possible, but it's been true for some time now. Okay, well, I, having only ever used my Apple TV for Netflix, as I think I mentioned like five minutes ago, um, not been down that road. So was, yeah, it I works. Was curious. It, it was works. Good to know. I don't know what the point is, to be honest. You know, uh, of my of my query. No, no, of, of oh. connecting a Bluetooth keyboard. Um, you know, for those uh, rare times where you have to enter text, it's very rare, right? Oh, I do have a question, follow-up question. Go for uh, it. <laughs> have you tried Siri on your remote? Uh, in the developer version, it doesn't work. Are you sure? Because somebody mentioned well, that if you set your region to U.S., oh, USA, USA, uh, USA. In America, then, you can. <laughs> yeah, then apparently, okay, apparently In it that works. case, I'm not sure. But for me, it did not work. Mm. And the option in the settings was turned off. Um, that's one of the things I was going to try with the GM. Mm, okay, so okay. now I've got some real-time follow-up. Um, okay. I was, I'm looking now on iTunes Connect, and in my iOS app listing for Magpie, I can see that I can add a tvOS app alongside my iOS app. Mm-hmm. So to answer my question earlier, it's attached to your iOS app, your tvOS app. You hip to my jive talking? Oh, really? So they're like watch targets and yeah, I guess so. app extensions. I, yeah, I guess so. Well, it's not an app extension. It's definitely a separate app target. So it, yeah, it, it's yeah. not the well, same uh, as a watch app. App extensions are built by, by targets as well. So Yes, yes, they are, but they're an extension. They're not an app in and of itself. Yeah, I follow you. Right? Right? So a tvOS app is a standalone app. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in iTunes Connect anyway, um, you can add a tvOS app <laughs> alongside of it. It's a little weird, but uh, there it is. And to answer the question about charging money for it, mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the uh, the app info. And as usual, they've changed everything, right? So it's really hard to parse. I don't see anywhere where you set a price. So it just might be like included right alongside your iOS version. But, you know, I'm just saying this on the fly right now. I honestly don't know. Hmm. Which, you know, typical Apple. Why would they want anyone making money? Yeah, it definitely, I, I don't see anything here about your pricing. There's pricing is a separate thing altogether, yep. I'm sure it goes right alongside your iOS app. You, po- you pay for the iOS app and you get the TV app for free or within it. So oh. you might, you know, a developer could say, you know, increase their iOS app's price because it comes with the tvOS app. Right. Which is crazy who would do that. But um, that seems to be uh, what's going on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to say at this point that uh, pricing uh, is, is something totally separate from your tvOS or iOS app. Um, it's, it's one price for both. Hmm. Okay, so that's that. And that'll come out next week. Um, and developers are frantically coding right now because we've on- we're only getting like less than a week or just about a week's notice, I guess, on the GM 
of, right, of right. Xcode 7.1 and tvOS. Right. Um, we're getting all that a week before the platform actually launches. So, mm. <laughs> um, scramble, baby. I will not scramble. I will just do it when I can. But uh, I can say now that a Magpie version is coming. Well, good to know. Good to know. Not that anyone cares. Well, yeah. For the five of us who have your app. For the five of us that do, then yes, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, it's pretty nice. You know, fun. one thing that's weird. Can I talk about this? Can I talk about the um, the OS? Like the SDK? Uh, or the is TVOS? It the TVOS SDK. Can, uh, is that a question like, are you asking me? I'm not a lawyer, uh, yeah. but you're asking me anywhere? That's right. That's what I'm doing. Yes. I'm not sure that you can. Okay. Uh, maybe next week then. Uh, remind me. And uh, I got some thoughts about the SDK. Okay. All right. Because after next week, we'll be able to talk about it because it'll be public then. Apparently, yeah. Okay. Great. I will say the one confusing thing is I was um, with a friend and, and we were researching something and the, you know, just using Google, it's like, oh, like I can't remember this parameter for like UI image picker controller and what came up just didn't make sense to me. I was looking and I was like, Where, where's all the options? What's going on here? I was like, oh, wait a minute. Is this is the TVOS documentation. Why did that come up as the number one result? Oh, like, oh. I guess like, oh, it's probably very popular right now. So that kind of uh, makes sense, right? A lot of right. people searching for the docs. That was on Google or in Xcode docs? On, on Google. And then I said, wait a minute. Okay, let's, let's just go to Xcode and, and look at the docs there just to be clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or get Dash. What a great app. Do you have that on the Mac? I do, but I haven't really dug into I it may? too much. Oh, that was me specifically? No, I don't. I was asking you, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, both of you, because, you know, Tim, you haven't uh, really dived into it, as you say. Uh, Mark, you, you have Dash? I don't have it, no. You guys really need to check this out. And uh, we've talked about it on the past shows, because I was actually thinking about making um, a pick of it tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought yeah, we did me... have it as a pick. We did, yeah. yeah that's that's what I, just, what I was going to finish saying, is that yeah. I went back and looked at our previous picks and back in episode 22 i think mm-hmm. um capelli i think it's capelli software yeah capelli.com slash dash and i'll put that link in the shoe notes mm-hmm. and this is just us discussing it it's not my pick i've got a other pick um and anyway this this app is uh a documentation browser uh for all the software and uh so you know if you're a developer of any stripe um, it supports documentation sets for anything that you can name, basically any language, any framework. And um, in my case, of course, uh, it uh, works with Apple's documentation for all of its SDKs. Mm-hmm. So you download this, uh, the, uh, the SDKs in Xcode, and then Dash finds them and gives you like super fast access to them. Um, remember when Xcode 6 came out and it had a new documentation viewer that was total garbage? Mm-hmm. That's when uh, Dash became a must-have in my toolbox uh, because um, instead of like going to this other window inside of Xcode, um, which gave you sometimes it was very slow. That was the first thing, and gave you kind of comical results uh, when you did a search. Um, Dash is instant and it works very very well. Um, it's mm-hmm. Apple's documentation, but it's just parsed much more efficiently and is much easier to use. So. Highly recommend it if uh, you're doing iOS development. You just select the iOS documentation set, and everything you type in is an iOS result, um, et cetera, et cetera. Great piece of software. Um, and 2.0 just came out fairly recently, I guess. Not just came out, but um, mm-hmm. maybe a few months ago. Um, it's a $20 per, 
purchase. Uh, it's free to try uh, from the App Store. So it has a limited functionality mode from the App Store. And then a $20 purchase unlocks the whole thing. Um, but uh, that's not my pick, just for the record. <laughs> anyway, um, Jaime, use that. Or at least check it out. Will do. Know. Well, I, wanted to, I was going to ask, uh, Jaime, you posted this thing about new, Net Newswire crash. I haven't had a chance to look at it, but what, can you oh, fill yeah. us in what's going on with that? Yes. So this is a post on Medium by Daniel Pasco, the CEO of Black Pixel. Mm-hmm. And uh, their product, Net Newswire, the um, RSS reader app for um, iOS and Mac. Uh, hey, Mac. Speaking of Mac. <laughs> no, that wasn't yeah. my Mac. That, wasn't my that was actually my dog. Oh, big, big oh really? Oh, sorry. Sorry, Mac. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so they ended up with a little bit of uh, drama over, was it, this past week, I guess, um, related to the app just sort of like mysteriously crashing, and they have a nice little post-mortem about what they they found and what the investigation was, mm-hmm. right? So the, 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 the TLDR line is great on the sub-post, where it's like, an unneeded check, plus a harmlessly expired cert, plus live assertions equals the uh the explosion there the wonderful graphics they have there so the the sort of the the quickie on on the root cause analysis right so net newswire uses um they're saying here certificate pinning so um ssl certificate pinning and public key pinning are a couple techniques that folks use to make sure uh that you have a little bit more of a protection against men in the middle attacks than an app right so if you were you know, a, a devious person, or maybe just an interested person, to be fair. You could attach an app to um, something like Charles Proxy and start mm-hmm. sniffing all the traffic and seeing how an app works and, and reverse engineering things. For folks who have, you know, APIs that they own, um, particularly web service APIs, this can be a little problematic because if you don't have the right security set up, folks can just run your app, see what kinds of requests are being made, and then fool your service into believing that it's communicating with an app when it's actually communicating with some sort of script or crawler. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of the, the basis here. So trying to protect against that thing. Um, in this case, right, the the client code in the app trying to figure out, like, am I talking to a legit service or is somebody trying to do a man-in-the-middle attack? Um, it says here, right, that the client side code used an assertion to validate the bundled cert, so the SSL cert, um, on the app side using the public key. Uh, in bold here, it says, you know, this check was unnecessary as the public key would still be usable even if the local cert itself had expired, right? Because there's an expiry date for every cert that you have. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's where I would quibble a little bit that I, I think what's being talked about is actually <laughs> public key <laughs> um, pinning and, and not uh, cert pinning because if it was cert pinning, it would be proper and valid to say, look, this cert is not the same. I need a fresh and validated cert. Right, right. But even moving beyond that, right, it was like, okay, well, the check said, oh, well, I need to look at this envelope. Oh, the envelope's out of date. I'm going to take a look at the public keys. Oh, wait, no, I'm not even going to get to that point of checking to see, is this public key correct? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, oh, this cert is, is garbage, right, even though it's perfectly valid information. To make things mm-hmm. worse... Somehow the um, the assertions that they have in their code base for that were turned on live um, and, and not just for debug mode as you would normally expect to have. So to make things extra worse is that this doesn't just result in, you know, hey, like 
you know, my app is refusing to do any network calls. That would be rather inconvenient. You wouldn't be able to see anything new, but you presumably would have cached local copies. Instead, the assertion says, hey, great, everything explode. Just keep crashing the app. Wow. Smooth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a super bummer situation. And kudos to these guys to to come out and uh, sort of explain what happened there. I mean, they certainly didn't owe this level of detail where they could just say, hey, we're working on something, we're, we'll fix it. And they had mm-hmm. updates out. Um, certainly something to keep in mind if you're looking to add cert pinning or public key pinning for your app. Like it's it's extra security, but it's like another thing that you can get wrong too. So so be careful. Oh, you can get it wrong. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, it's super easy to get wrong. Like it, it'd be nice if it was a whole lot easier to get right. Mm. Yeah, I, it obviously is, is something that I you know it, of concern because I know that I talked to Graham Lee about that uh, a year and a half ago about. He suggested we use cert pinning in our apps so you keep them secure, right? But the the issue was, I guess, every time you you update the certificate, which may be annually, you have to sort of make sure you have a coinciding update update in the app as well. So, so that's why so that's a good that's a good statement there. So that's why people will choose one of two different methodologies. They will either choose the okay, we're willing to have the once a year update where a new cert is yeah. live. Right, mm-hmm. which um, you know is relatively simple, and it's nice because you know, if you have that kind of environment, because you mm-hmm. can know, hey, as soon as this cert expires, nothing can communicate using that cert. So even if you know some bad hacker out there decompiled your app and was like, oh look, I found this this cert, I'm going to use it in my implementation, it won't sure. work anymore as soon as that new cert goes live. Mm-hmm. the The problem is that it may not be feasible to just cut off a huge swath of your customer base or user base in that way, right? Like you'd have to understand what level of control do you have over their updating, or you'd have to understand how likely is it that they will update and, and are you willing to accept that? Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. some of their folks like um, Google, I think is, is well known for doing this. They will have multiple certs uh, live at any one given time. They'll have overlapping between them, right, but they right. do the pinning against the public key. And, and oh. I think that's what was attempted here. They're trying to pin against the public key, but uh, there was an unnecessary check that uh, with addition of the, the assertions stumble just caused this unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that when you ran NS assertions, they didn't run in production code. Oh no, like it's NS block assertion. Well, that's what you're saying here too. It's like, look, we're checking all the configurations. And as far as we can tell, our assertions are set up correctly. And so who knows? I think it's just an Xcode bug or something. I wonder. Yeah, it kind of feels that way to me. Like this is the sort of thing that would be pretty easy to to get wrong in a miter update of, of Xcode, right? Yeah. Like maybe yeah. seven point had it and seven point one doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mean Apple makes mistakes? No, oh, no, never. It happened once, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they fired Steve Jobs. <laughs> this is a, a cool column because um, you understand the position that Black Pixel is in, right? Um, Net Newswire is not their business. It's not their where they make their bread and butter. Um, mm-hmm. They they are a contract uh, development firm, so yeah. they have a lot of big companies they build software for that you are never going to know about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like their their customers are big companies that you have heard of, and you will never know that it was Black Pixel that made their apps. So, um, but their reputation nonetheless is hugely important, right? So when they do have their name attached to a product like NetNewsWire, um, it behooves them to uh, to not have situations like this where something that they have their name on uh, does 
what just happened here. Like I, I, I'm a NetNewsWire customer myself. And uh, yeah, for the past uh, few days, it has just imploded on startup, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, the problem that they were fixing here. Mm. Um, so they have to come out with a detailed explanation, uh, not for their NetNewsWire customers per se, but for their actual paying customers that they make their living from, uh, for whom this is like, wow, I thought you guys knew what you were doing. Yeah, this is a reputation issue for sure. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 So can Hence you just the, really, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to really quickly ask what what is Network Newswire? What does it do? It's an RSS client. Oh, so okay. uh, it's uh, it's one of the Mac, oldest ones Mac we based have. Or Mac based or it started on the Mac. Uh, yeah, Brent Simmons was the developer of Net Newswire, and like back in the I'm going to say 90s. Mm-hmm. Nobody objected, so I'm going to stick with that. And um, he he maintained it for many years, and then uh, sold it to NewsGator which was a large enterprise-style aggregator of news readers, mm-hmm. uh, which also had a Windows version. I think it was called Feed Demon. And then uh, eventually they ended up selling it to Black Pixel a few years ago. Uh, they had an iOS version, and uh, it didn't do too great. Around the time that Google Reader became popular, um, uh, Black Pixel... Or no, it wasn't Black Pixel. It was Feed Demon. I, sorry, I'm getting all these names mixed up. Um, gosh... I just lost uh, NewsGator. Thank you. Um, made the decision to uh, remove their custom syncing engine and use Google Reader's syncing engine. Oh, okay. Um, which sort of damaged them in my mind, anyway, because it allowed any NetNewsWire user to immediately switch to any other RSS client without cost, basically. Mm. Um, you know, like if if you were using NetNewsWire and their syncing service then you relied on that client, and that was part of what locked you in, if you will, to using it on iOS and on Mac. Hmm. But when they switched to Google Reader as their syncing service, then you could use any client, right? right and so right. I switched to Reader, R-E-E-D-E-R, and um, it was, at the time, the new hotness, still a very good client, by the way. Um, but now <laughs> I think Black Pixel learned that lesson because they developed their own syncing service. And, of course, Google Reader's gone. So <laughs> um, yeah. so now they have their own syncing service, and it works amongst all the Mac and the iOS versions of NetNewsWire. Hmm. Hmm. So this, what their problem was here was the Mac version of it, not the iOS version. It's been working fine the whole way through. It says here the, uh, they had an iOS update approved. Um, and on the App Store as of the writing of this article. Uh, but they were still waiting for the Mac App Store version, which must be what you have, because they already yeah. have the direct download version available on their website. Yeah, um, and since uh, this thing was published, the Mac App Store version was approved. Um, so that happened today, as we record on the 21st of October. Yeah, kind of a really bad, actually, for Net New- for Black Pixel. Like, this this does not look good. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. Um and the interesting thing about it is uh, following, I follow Daniel Pasco on Twitter, and uh, he's been, you know, to his credit, I mean, he, he has stood up and he's taken charge of this thing. He's very public about it. He's very um, honest about it. Um, and always, n- you know, nothing but praise for his team, um, of whom probably at least one, maybe two developers uh, really kind of screwed up here, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but saying that, you know, like, He's gotten several emails from people on the team, uh, you know, <laughs> falling on their own swords to take the blame for this. And mm. uh, he's like, no, no, the blame is with me. I'm I'm the guy in charge. So blah, 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 blah. You know, so, um, 
uh, Dan Pasco often, um, you know, is is vociferous and full throated in his praise of his own people, mm. um, which has to make them feel pretty good. Uh, it seems like a little much sometimes, but you know, to each their own. <laughs> uh, oh. This was no exception. Uh, so you know, uh, screw ups happen. It's inevitable, but uh, you know, you can't you can't hate how he handled it. He, he handled it with the utmost aplomb. I have I have sort of a uh, an update I guess okay. you could call it sure um, okay even though it's not something we've talked about it's just something that came up over mm-hmm. the past week or two that might be of interest to people so I use the PayPal SDK in a couple okay. of my apps oh really okay and uh, yeah yeah so it's it's um it, it's a real easy solution for just doing some simple e-commerce stuff mm-hmm. and they use as part of their distribution the Cardio SDK. Which, if you're not familiar with it, it's a it's a really nice tool that lets you scan credit cards, uh, you know, within within your app, uh, so that you know you don't have to actually type in a number, and it's uh, the app never sees the credit card information. It's just all handled internally, so it's a kind of a nice thing. It's built into the PayPal app. Mm-hmm. So recently, kept uh, last couple of weeks, they they actually were pretty proactive and updated the SDK for iOS nine mm-hmm. uh, and Xcode seven. Including Bitcode support. Now, oh, okay. unfortunately, because they included Bitcode, the size of the .a file, the shared library, became enormous for right, Cardio. Right. It, became, it was 250 megabytes. And if you've ever used uh, GitHub, and I know everyone has, you know that there is a hard limit of what you can upload to GitHub of 100 megabytes. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so that. for people who like to put their third-party libraries into GitHub... And we're using Cardio or PayPal, you were just stuck. I mean, you could not check in your well. You you could not push your your uh, your, your repo up to GitHub. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, so this is kind of an issue um, for a couple of weeks there. Uh, but the good news is that that they find they they pretty quickly acted and came up with a new version that splits up that .a file to multiple .a files. So problem is solved as of yesterday, which is great. So the reason I bring it up is well one. One to just to let anyone know who's you know has facing this problem that there's a solution out there, but also, I kind of think this might happen a lot going forward with Bitcode as people update their their libraries. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone else run into issues with Bitcode or anything like that? Not me. I have, I've only run into it in a few cases, but I had to sort of I think I had to remove it from one of my apps. But other than that, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, I've not tried it myself, but I've been wondering if and so stepping back a little bit into ios 9 history as it it went public Mm um you know from the day one of ios 9's availability everything seemed to to work just fine in terms of downloading and installing apps on ios uh of course the uh bitcode stuff was turned off i think uh for a week or two perhaps Mm -hmm. um but over the last couple of weeks i've been having weird random issues with apps just not installing properly or refusing to install. You know, they'll get to what appears to be 100% and get stuck, or it'll sort of decide now it's it's an iCloud download and, and give you the little arrow with a down-facing icon. Um, and in one case, it sort of removed an app, or at least removed it from Springboard. And then I went back into the App Store, tried to download it again, and it just sort of instantaneously appeared on Springboard. Hmm. 
So I don't know if that's, I mean, it could be App Store specific problems, but it just seems weird that since Bitcode went back online that they've been seeing these weird, random, hard to reproduce issues. I've actually seen the same issue. And I did see somewhere, someone saying, and how's that for for good credentials? Someone somewhere said that this was was a 7 point, uh, or I'm sorry, a 9.01 issue or 9.02, whatever one we're on. Uh, And that's supposed to be fixed in in 9.1. Yeah, I saw that in the release notes today. When 9.1 came out today, and um, they Apple mentioned that very issue in their release notes. Oh, okay. I was trying to find them just now while you were talking, Jaime, but I haven't been able to. I got the SDK release notes. Did you Google someone said something? <laughs> no. Some guy in a trench coat in a parking garage. <laughs> That's right. No, I read hey, it buddy. in the goddamn release notes. <laughs> come here. Come here. It's funny you can't get back the release notes from uh, an up or the version that you got installed. Hmm. Well, it's good yeah. if they actually had it identified as an error and are, yeah, they have did. it fixed. I, I've not yet updated, so I am on nine hundred two. I'm going to update to nine point one sometime tonight, probably. I, as usual, I always advise people if, mm-hmm. if you don't let, have to be in Aaron's address, let Aaron go first, brick his phone or not brick his phone. Hopefully, <laughs> yep. and then way is clear, happens. my friends. Proceed, go forward <laughs> with my love. Yeah, Masters. I get the, the opportunity to do the same thing with uh, El Capitan, too, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It only burned us a little bit yes, last week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's interesting that they did an, a 9.1 release and an El Capitan release all in the same day. That's oh, did they really? Typical. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Huh. And Mexico code 7.1, I guess. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of downloading for me to do tonight. Yeah. Um, but I will wow. say, Mark, so I have used Card.io... Uh, just independently as a project before, yeah, yeah. and it, it's actually pretty nifty. So yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. And it, it was nifty like a year and a half ago. I can yeah. imagine what it's like now. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty nice. I am curious on the PayPal API. Is that so? They have like this like V zero or something. I forget what they call it, but it's it's related to their BrainTree and Venmo. Yes, that's right. Acquisition, yes. right? It's like so, a, a one SDK to rule them all. Something. Yeah, that's the one that they're that they're recommending using now. I haven't used it yet simply because I have some legacy stuff that are still on the previous one. Uh, but I do expect I will upgrade at some point. Uh, what's nice about it, from what I've been reading, is that, as you said, it's, it, it's, it, it does combine everything, including Apple Pay, into just one drop-in SDK for making purchases, which is pretty nice. So you can do credit cards, you can do PayPal, you can do Apple Pay, probably anything else that, that PayPal has access to as well, if, you know, corporate PayPal. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. With the one SDK, huh? That's yeah, yeah. So the one I'm using is still the PayPal mobile mobile SDK, which was up until the Braintree purchase was the kind of the main one for iOS. Uh, but uh, yeah, Braintree has been around for I don't know maybe a year or so as part of PayPal. Yep. Right. So that would be pretty powerful just as an aside here because it, of course, PayPal is a well known entity and a lot of folks have uh, PayPal accounts. Yep. Um, uh, certainly a lot of folks are using Venmo for yep. person-to-person transfers. So that kind of gives you a little bit more of the slice of the pie. Of, so how close are you to 100% coverage? And mm-hmm. Folks with Apple Pay. Um, mm-hmm. And then a fair number of things are using Braintree, although I don't think a lot of folks have individual Braintree accounts. It's probably more you know, seller marketplace type things. But mm-hmm. right. still, that's, that's just pretty neat for one SDK to do all of that stuff. It is, yeah. And PayPal's a trusted name, so you stick that in your app, you know, no, no one's going to really have qualms about using it, right. uh, whereas they might if you just use some, you know, homebrew or or no-name payment service. 
I don't know. There is a fair amount of uh, dislike of PayPal out there, particularly by vendors on PayPal, right? You know, you've heard stories about people having their accounts put on hold, you know, like conference organizers, for example, who see a lot of funds go into their accounts very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, or when PayPal decides to put a freeze on your account because they detect suspicious activity, but it's perfectly legitimate. And they're very bureaucratic, right? So, like, you have to try to get your money out, and you've got to go through a big process and fax in forms and proof of identity and stuff like that. You ever heard any of these stories? Well, I haven't had those issues myself. Uh, no, but, no. But it uh, happens. I, I wonder. It, it may, it, and it may very well be true. I just haven't, you know, haven't really heard about it. But, but I, I wonder now that PayPal is an independent entity, no longer part of eBay. Oh, it really got spun out today. It got spun out. Yeah. Ah. Things may improve as they. By themselves, being a startup who has to has to uh, perform quickly and generate more revenue, so maybe they'll get better. I know one friend who ha- was an early adopter to PayPal when it sort of became a way to, to collect funds from people, mm-hmm. um, who who managed to get his lock his account locked a few times, and I just remember the yelling and screaming that went along with that, right? But uh, I've been using PayPal for you know ten years or so or more because we were using it for pay payments early in the day, right, mm-hmm. on some of our WordPress sites and stuff like that, but uh, never within an iOS app, though. So, yeah, it's actually quite convenient. Cool. Yep. Yeah, and Aaron, I I think uh, certainly I'd heard a lot of those stories. They they came out a lot in the tech press, and I think, um, I think well, this is prior to the separation from eBay, but I think after they acquired Braintree and therefore also Venmo, I think they tried really hard to um, to turn that around. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't think I've been seeing those stories quite as often anymore. Yeah, that's I, I can definitely agree with that. I haven't heard anything lately. Yeah, so some culture change, some bit of uh, needing to compete with Stripe, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, and almost certainly going to be a bit of a change as they are independent, I would guess. So hopefully yeah. things are turning around. So let's go around the table like we usually do and see if anybody has any picks, and we'll stop again at Aaron and see if you have a pick. This week, my pick is... Microsoft Outlook for iOS. <laughs> um, was it last week that we talked about the Surface, or was it the week before? The so, week before. Well, we good. talked about the sale of the Surface, and we, we that part, I don't know how much of that got into the show, but yeah, we did talk about the sale of it, but we talked about the Surface book but we talked two weeks about, ago. Yeah. We talked about the state of Microsoft software, about Windows, right, and the third-party ecosystem. Yes. And uh, that was two weeks ago. So that didn't get lost. No. Okay. Um, so this is a, a good counterpoint because Microsoft uh, has, you know, for some time now has shipped um, Outlook for iOS. Right. Uh, they have it for the iPhone, Watch, and iPad. Mm-hmm. And um, do you guys use the Apple Mail client on LCAP yes. in yes. iOS nine? Yes. And yeah. it's a steaming pile, right? Mm. Okay. Let me let me let me amend my my issue. Um, do you guys use Gmail? Yes, I do a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so I'm all Gmail. I've got uh, two accounts that I use uh, for my email, and they're both Google Apps accounts. Okay, I'm sure. custom domains. Yep. So um, ever since uh, I upgraded to LCAP and iOS 9, um, Mail on both platforms has had this enormous and consistent problem moving uh, messages to my archive. Mm-hmm. So every time I would swipe to archive a message... I would get a, a pop-up message saying, cannot move this message to archives. 
and that would be it. And, you know, I'd say, okay, the message would appear to be gone from my inbox, but the next time it loaded, it would be back. No, no, like message about permissions or whatever. No, no, just can't do it. Okay. And this is happening on the Mac and on iOS. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've so, seen that occasionally. I can't say I've seen it a lot, but I have seen it. Uh, I've been seeing it a lot. It's been nuts. Um, not 100% of the time, but say 50% of the time. Hmm. And so I'd, I'd see it on the uh, iPad, and then I'd go on my Mac, and I'd archive it there, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, But it's been a huge problem. And uh, I finally I, I snapped, and I said, listen, I've got to switch to something else. And uh, on the Mac... I switched to an app that I've been using for some time called AirMail. Um, AirMail 2 is the current version on the App Store. Um, And it's an excellent uh, mail app that uh, was built from the ground up to support Google Apps. So um, there are no such problems using that, and it works great. And so I'm sticking with that one. But on the iOS, uh, I needed an app, and AirMail is only available on the Mac. So um, I got Outlook. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, why? Because... Uh, I happen to have some experience with it already because I'm working for a client, I mentioned this before, who is a Microsoft shop. And so they had me download Outlook and actually use it to communicate with them uh, using actual, you know, Exchange server. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, but Outlook also supports Gmail um, and any IMAP server for that matter. So, um, and it's also free. So you can download it and use it for free on your iPhone and iPad. Like I said, also comes with a watch app. And this thing is golden okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) i can't believe i'm saying this it's really really nice guys like it works so well you just set up your your accounts in gmail it has this um it comes by default with this sort of um focus view it calls it where it sort of tries to filter out yeah yeah uh you know like uh newsletters and you know transactional email and things like that yeah um you can switch that off and that's the first thing i did oh good to know I, yeah I yeah go in the yeah. settings and you can find the, the thing there and it's like i you know don't don't manage my mail for me um Thank I, you very much. i'm extremely aggressive against my email so it's it's no problem i can handle it so <laughs> you can turn that off and uh it just but here's the thing you know and this is, this is what it comes down to it just works mm-hmm. okay it just works and the beauty is, is that it works. The watch app is fantastic. Like, it's so good. As yeah. soon as an, a mail lands in your inbox, it's on your watch and it's letting you know. Yeah. In and, my case, it's there before my Apple mail tells oh, me it's there. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, uh, for a time there, I had both notifications set up and I, I got it on my watch for Outlook. And then five minutes later, uh, mail's letting me know. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I know about that message. I, I actually archived it from my watch. Like five minutes ago. It's crazy. And that's the other great thing with the Watch app is that you can like do these actions from it. You can reply. You can delete. You can archive, which is what I typically do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and game over. You are managing your inbox from your wrist, and it's fantastic. Um, so um, if, if you are like I used to be and just, you know, Microsoft, no, not even looking at it. Mm-hmm. Give Outlook a look because it, uh, it's, well, it's free. And, uh, and it works really, really well. So uh, that's my pick for the week. Very can, impressive. I, can I ask you a dumb user question? Well, of course. That's what we're here for. Okay. So I, while you were talking there, I went into my Apple Mail and I went into my Gmail accounts and I selected a couple of messages and I swiped to the left and they disappeared. And, they, and I saw that there's like a little archive thing come up. So my question is, where do they go when you archive them? Well, in the case of Gmail, uh, yeah. they go into your all mail sort of folder 
directory tag, whatever you know the paradigm that Google uses. Yeah. Um, the point being that it's not trashed, but that it's oh, still there, there, it's there. still okay. findable. Yeah. Um, if you do a search, which is the key, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's what I've always found to be the power of Gmail is that um, you can quite readily uh, do a search and get back anything from as long as you've been using the damn thing. Right, right. Even oh, with hundreds okay. of thousands of messages. Does um, anyone actually use a Gmail app? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have it in- installed, but that was only because at some point I had some crazy thing going on with the default mail app on iOS that just refused to connect to Google servers. Mm. So I said, hmm, well, I, I can't go without my email for an entire yeah, day, yeah. so <laughs> let me go get I this app. I oh, Inbox. Isn't that Google's mail thing? Uh, it's, a yes. different, yeah. it's a different one, yeah. 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 But, so I, I, have a, I have several Gmail accounts, and uh, one of them... I use a Gmail app for just because I want to keep it separate from the other ones that I have in the mail app. And it is pretty bad, actually. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, yeah. it, it doesn't work half the time, and you can't well, it's a download web view, attachments. You know? <laughs> and, what's that? Uh, it's like a web view. It's, a, it's like a web view app. No, not the, not the one I'm talking about. I don't, I don't think it's a web view. I think it's native. Mm. But I don't know. It's, it's, it, I think it's one of those like um, native wrapper, you know, but, uh, you know, all web stuff inside yeah. of it. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know how native it is. It doesn't feel native. No, it doesn't feel it. native. That's right. for sure. Don't, don't like it. Don't trust it. Check it out, look. You'll thank me later. But, you know, um, I, was, I was actually uh, doing a double check today uh, in thinking about this pick. And so I looked at the Mac version of Outlook again. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm, I'm sad to report that uh, that's pretty much the same old Outlook. Uh, it's got a nice new uh, high contrast menu bar thing happening at the top of it, mm-hmm. so it looks a little better. But you scratch the surface, and it's just the same outlook that and entourage, etc., that we've been seeing for yeah. I mean, a it's more designed plus. if you use it. It's better if you're using uh, Exchange. I have a few clients that are using Exchange servers, and that's what they they recommend for the Mac client, right? So of course, yeah. If yeah. you're using an Exchange server, it's really the well, it's not the only way to go, but mm-hmm. you, you know. Um, but uh, whereas the iOS version of Outlook is modern and clean and, and, and nice, the Mac version is as clunky as it's ever been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hi, do you have a pick? I do. And uh, it is a blog post by Alex Cross, who is a uh, developer over at support.com. So mm-hmm. he's actually more of a, a web developer or, or full stack engineer, as his fancy pants folks like to say nowadays. There you go, um, using that word again. Fancy pants or full stack? Engineer, engineer. Oh, uh, yeah. So, sorry, folks. Does he build bridges or drive the, trains? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Show me that iron ring now to all the Canadians listening uh, and, and actual um, both of them professional also license engineers at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So full stack developers. Um, now we're talking. So a little different iOS, but um, the thing I have here is a blog post about 19 tips for everyday Git use. So a lot of folks use. Get the version control system, uh, probably mm-hmm. with GitHub. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are actually kind of nice. So if you've gone beyond the basics and you need to know a little bit more about, you know, what sort of powerful things that it has, or even more likely, what kind of dangerous things does it have? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, rebasing. Rebasing, um, <laughs> <laughs> rebasing is a, a very dangerous and arcane art, but super powerful when when used appropriately. Mm-hmm. So he's got some some tips here. Um, I would highly recommend folks check this out, right? Like, for, it's 19 different tips, right? Like, um, how can you have better um, autocomplete, right? So the mm-hmm. 
the Git that comes by default on the Mac does not give the autocomplete for, you know, whatever your Git, you know, options are, or your Git commands like clone and, and so forth. Right. Um, stashing files, right, where you can say, uh, kind of don't want to make a branch for this, kind of don't want to apply it somewhere else, want to just, you know, not have to check an entire branch, stash my changes here, make some other change, then add these other things back in. Probably the one that's, like, saved my butt personally in, in a couple jobs ago is uh, number 19, quickly find a commit that broke your feature. And that is git bisect. Mm-hmm. And it's a very awesome, powerful, powerful, powerful feature. Uh, let me just describe He describes it really well here as to how you would use it. But the basic idea is imagine you have a code base where you have developers um, kind of just committing stuff in. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have really good or at all continuous integration going on, mm-hmm. um, you might be very, very many commits away from knowing which of these commits broke the build. You know, <laughs> like, especially when you have, you know, rebasing and emerging issues that, you know, conflicts and stuff that happen. That may not be obvious, right? Things may compile, but it's like, uh, this is not functioning correctly at all. We get bisect this nice because you can find a known good commit. Let's say, okay, look, obviously the, you know, the 2.x version was working correctly. Now the 2.1 version is not working. That's a known bad commit. And git bisect will cut the commit list in half and check out a branch directly in the middle. So if you have you know unit tests that you can write to to test you know test out this feature, or uh, if you just have to manually test these things, oh this one's still bad. Great, you run git bisect again with that known good commit and now the new known bad commit. So every time you're just cutting everything in half until you find the, aha, there you go. I found the commit that broke wow. something by yeah, yeah, removing yeah. something from, you know, the Xcode project or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like took your changes instead of their changes. Mm-hmm. Like it saves a lot, a ton of time and it would have been damn near impossible. I, I swear it was like a hundred commits between a known good commit and a, like the first bad commit that ended up happening or that got noticed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Crazy. If you take nothing else from this blog post, I would say look at that one because that's a real powerful one. Yeah, but isn't the answer to uh, merge your stuff into the main branch before going on vacation? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right before. before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, yeah. Those, those grenade, the, the pull the pin and run commits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are wonderful. <laughs> pull pin and run. <laughs> it's funny because I, I often look for things like this. This is super helpful, I think. Uh, I, have, I know I have one branch where something went wrong a while ago and, and uh, I can't commit to it. So I've been committing to another branch for like months and months and months. And I often wonder like, can I just not get rid of that one that doesn't work anymore and just make the new, the, the one that's working, the new master branch, you know, kind of thing. These are the kind of questions that I have for things like that. Mm-hmm. Git yeah. is a yeah, uh, can, incredibly can, powerful. Yeah, but, there, there's a know, way to force tool. <laughs> your changes into master and just make, make your current version the, the new master, but it's okay. kind of da- dangerous. Be careful. Yeah, it's what I mean. Like, like I said, the one the one I'm using works, and, and I just continue working with that one. So, yeah. you when you when you try uh, doing your commits, is it in is it in Xcode or is it command line? No, it's command line. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. What it is 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 uh, yeah. Like the master branch is just pooched, and and so I've been working on a, another named branch, and and that I know that's the master branch to quote unquote use, right? So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest with you, I only put stuff on Git as a sort of backup to my house burning down kind of thing, right? So, 
Oh, GitHub, you mean, since right? well, yeah, for, yeah, GitHub. For, for the most part, I'm you know I'm pretty much the only developer that works on stuff these days. So, yeah, so I'm only hmm. you know yeah, and and I can't remember when. Again, I probably should run Git bisect and figure out when the, when it went when all one things went wrong. Because I mean, there, what it is is that there's a conflict in the head somewhere, right? And it just can't commit to it or merge over to it. Hmm. Interesting. Mark, do you have anything to? I, I think offer? I already did mine. PayPal was kind of my your, your my pick, pick and slash tip. My pick uh, is kind of a personal pick, and it's kind of I think you know it, we've we've. You've heard of these people before, but now I can officially tell you that I have been the developmental editor on a new Ray Winderlich book for the last, I don't know, three, four months. And it's called Swift Apprentice, and it came out today. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's available. Where's for, your link? Uh, I don't have a link in here. I, I figured I'd just I'd freebase it or just run it, you know, run it off the cuff. But yeah. So okay, anyway, you go. I'll find the link. Yeah, I mean, Ray, Ray tweeted about it this morning. Here it um, is. And I, yeah. First hit. <laughs> and so what it is, is we decided to, or uh, we were like a group, decided to write a book that is meant for people who don't know how to do programming and want to learn programming. And the language that we chose to use is Swift. It's useful to people who want to get into Swift. It's useful for people who know nothing about programming, but want to get into it, you know, get into a programming language. And since Swift is going to be, you know, sort of the, the, the language that looks like Apple is going to move forward with. Um, clearly, um, that was what they chose to teach people how to program with. So if you're, you know, a beginner or intermediate developer, I think this is a good tool for you. I'm not sure if it's good for advanced people, but there are some really advanced concepts. I'm not sure if they all made it into the final edit, but I can tell you now that when I was teaching my course in September, I used this large portions of this book as, as the course material. And, you know, so my, my guinea pig students were, uh, <laughs> Learned how to program using this book, so anyway, it's out out on out today. In uh, you can available for print, available as a PDF. I think it's part of the Swift Apprentice bundle. There was a book by Matthias Holman that he wrote. I don't know. He single handedly wrote this four uh, part book or four books that make up the iOS Apprentice series on RayWonderlich.com, and so this is now bundled in with that, I believe. And uh, yeah, so uh, many people who have who are developing today learned just about everything they, they, they started with was with the iOS Apprentice. So this is the Swift Apprentice book available on RayWenderlich.com. And Aaron's put a link here and I'll put it in the show notes and people can check it out. Congratulations, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that, that link is to Ray Wenderlich's, uh post about the book. Right. Yep. Um, and so there's a link right in that article to take you to uh, more info and to buy it. Mm hmm. Yeah, and apparently, uh, you know, quite a few pre-sales already. So there's people getting it today, I guess, on their machines. Along with the, and it's it's you know it's Swift. It's, we wrote it all in uh, Swift 2.1, so it's the latest latest. You know, it's written towards iOS 9 and so on and so forth. So it's not like it's buying. It's right up to date. You know. Cool. And actually, this post does a really good job of explaining questions I was just about to ask, but for those of you sure. who are probably driving. Um, <laughs> so it, it's it's distinctly not an iOS programming book, which nope. is the, the first question. So it's not learning how to program iOS with Swift. It's learning how to program using Swift as the uh, the learning language. Right. Right, right. Okay. And then it looks like it probably is based on Playgrounds, I would guess, instead of running... Yeah, full-on so, apps, of course, is what we just mentioned. Yeah, 
Yep, it's all Peregrine's. Repl. Very cool. Very cool. It is cool. Um, Tim, I don't yes. see your name in any kind of credit here. I'm. Uh, I you, you said you were a developmental editor. I get that. Yeah, uh, there's two why, of us. Myself and and um, what's her name? Hang on. Uh, Audrey Tam. She's a teacher in um, Australia. We are the two. Mm-hmm. We were. This is a new role that they just thought, they just came up with. Um, oh, yeah. A couple of months ago, and yeah, we're we're in there as developmental editors. Um, Shame on them for not putting your name in there. Yeah, I think I can. Uh, you know, that's a like uh, the book that I wrote uh, back in two thousand. My, na- my name's in the book. It's maybe not on the cover. Yeah, no, that's you know, I guess. But you know, like they they've got all this website page to work with. Uh, they're not, uh, they're not crying see. out for space. It would wouldn't kill them to say you know, written by Janie Clayton, Alexis Gallagher, Matt Galloway, Eli Ganim, Eric Kerber, and Ben Morrow. Uh, you know, developmental editors to Mitra and dot dot dot. There's, there's, Kill them. There's a few. There's a few editors actually on the project as well. Like, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. And like I said, when I wrote my book for Wiley, uh, there were several editors all, mm-hmm. all along the chain, mm-hmm. and uh, um, yeah, just uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I know I'm in there. I know you're in there too. And my and picture, so do our the, listeners. And the picture that I chose to be in there was was taken by Fouad. So there you go. It all comes Sweet. around. It does. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Oh, and I even made the cut. I'm a, I'm a, I'm ahead of Greg uh, Greg Hill. Greg Greg was the final pass editor on the book. So ah. so another connection to the More Just Code podcast. Limitless connections. And look at that. It actually says founder and host of the More Than Just Code podcast on app development and business right inside the book. So well, I'm dragging you guys along with us, riding those coattails mighty hard. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We are so fortunate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactamundo. Oh, somebody's got email. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it for the week, and we'll wrap it up, and we'll say goodbye for another week. And so, Aaron, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? They would, shockingly, go to twitter.com slash Aaronvey, A-A-R-O-N-V-E-G-H. Or check out my application, Magpie, at Magpie Video on Twitter. Cool. And Jaime, where people can find you? Also on Twitter as at Death of the Hair. And Mark, uh, by email, how would they get a hold of you? Mark R at smapsoft.com. Cool. And once again, my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, it-guy.com. And buy the book. (laughs) So that's it for the week. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There, you can find a summary and show notes for each episode. We list links to the items that we talk about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website. And if you can, please write a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press the recommend button. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash MTJC. Thanks again for listening. How about them Blue Jays? How about...
about them, Blue Jays. I didn't watch the game today because I was crushed by the defeat yesterday. You had to watch. You cannot not watch. You can do whatever you like, your little heart desires. Mm-hmm. You could be a bandwagon fan or you could be an actual fan. Oh, I actually went to a game the other day. I know. How was that? It was pretty cool. It was, you know, it's, it's funny. I've been to one uh, Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Ottawa Sen- Senators playoff game, like oh. in one of the first rounds that they made it to. You're talking about sports puck now. Yeah, I'm talking about sports puck, yeah. As a corollary, because that's the, that's the sports ball type thing that I'm most familiar with, right? And um, it was effing loud, right? And, yeah. And uh, so, so the, um, you know, my stepson rented a hotel room at the Rogers uh, Hotel, and it was effing loud too. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. The fans are really into it. Quite. It was, it was and it was you know it was a, a good thing that they actually managed to you know to win the game too. That Donaldson's awesome. home run, by the way, was like right towards our hotel room. I just looked at that ball and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Amazing. It was really, it was really kind of cool. Jimmy Lopez Jr. in the house. <laughs> Sorry, but I had to do like a musical intro for. Don't get all karate on us, you know. <laughs> What up, Jaime? Not much. Just kind of Excellent. kicking back here. Um, good yeah. to be back. Good to be anywhere. Good to be at all. And good to be taking note that this time I'm going to take extra special care about saving mm-hmm. my recording this evening. Oh, yeah. We're just uh, talking about the uh, snafu yes, last week. So, I, Well, you know, what, for <laughs> me, my issue was I had just updated to, to El Capitan, and I didn't notice that it had... It had reset my sound preferences to default so when i i you know very quickly just went in and, and opened up ScreenFlow. that's my backup recorder and just hit record and didn't really look at the screen and i didn't notice that the checkbox record computer uh the audio wasn't wasn't selected so and then when aaron saved his file to his dropbox he got a after i guess after he closed it out it sort of said error saving or something like that right permissions error it was very strange never seen that before yeah, on the folder that you own, which is yeah. totally weird. Yeah, yeah, and of course, and, and, the, and there's a container like because these apps are sandbox. There's a container folder where the app is supposed to write its temporary files, and normally QuickTime files get written there. And in this case, for some reason, that didn't work either for Aaron. So. Well, as soon as you say "don't save," like if you close the document that you're recording in QuickTime, oh, and, you say and don't it says, save. And it says "don't save," then it, it wipes away that thing from the sandbox. Yeah, and it course. doesn't trash it. Doesn't put it in the trash. Which would be yeah. a nice thing for it to do. Mm. Uh, it it literally like rm dash r f r yeah <laughs> f u r and yeah. Um, it just wiped <laughs> from the drive immediate Le Mans, and there was nothing I could do about it. I spent hours trying to dig through my drive, finding it possible locations for it. Yeah, that was a little bit of heartbreak a week ago this evening. Yeah, I just and, told and my I, daughter about it actually, and she. Uh, uh, she laughed her ass off. <laughs> <sighs> yes, revenge is a meal best served cold, and it's very cold in space. <laughs> I can't help but hey, use that line. 